Welcome to the Drug Futurisms Podcast, where we give you the space-time to imagine different and possible drug worlds. We talk to drug policy experts from drug users and activists to academics and ask them the question they so rarely get to answer. What could a better future hold? So just to repeat, um, you know, we were just talking about, um, yeah, about this like exploitative global north, um, you know, thing with cannabis and like, you know, what that looks, um, you know, what that would look like with, yeah, with coca um, or um, heroin, you know, in, in, in the future, right? Um, and this came up in our episode with with Garth too, um, because he is one of the um, activists um, that has been involved in um, this Vancouver um, DIY um, safe supply, like compassion club model that you may have seen in the news about like these activists giving out cocaine, heroin and methamphetamine. Um, They're in Time magazine recently. Eris and uh, and Jeremy, which is is pretty cool. Um, uh, uh, but yeah, no, it, it, it you know it, it comes with that question, right? Like you know, um, uh, or, or around you know, how do we work together in a way that is you know mutually um, constitutive, so that it's not just you know primarily white settler colonial. Um, global north countries um, that are, um, you know, who brought in prohibition um, that are now um, the primary benefiters of it. Ernesto, do you want to take that out first? Okay. I think think we have to address colonialism, definitely. Now that I think it's, it's a discussion that the global north has been avoiding since they have colonialize the whole rest of the world now uh, but we just get into a point that it's not avoidable at the end uh, our our country is being uh, uh, how do you call it it's not a develop it's a way of development i don't know how you classify it. it's it's because of that no it's because we have an economic dependence on the global north and the global north will never going to change that no you even see where the i don't know united nations office are they're all in the global north. You know, who are the biggest donors and finance in the global north? You know, so we do have to talk about colonization and mainly decolonization. You know, and this decolonization to understand how these processes have, have affected us. You know? And in the center of it, it's the war on drugs. Because at the end, it's the war on drugs, the one that has created all this problem. You know? And all this problem not only on stigmatizing drug users, it's on the on how it created so many so much so much bureaucracy, international agencies, the CND, for example. In every country, one of our countries have these secretariats or institutes or whatever called to enforce the drug laws. You no, know? and we have 
um, prisons full of people because they use drugs, but we also have polices, police uh, that dedicates only to drug use issues you now, or... Sorry, it's hard uh, to focus with the dog. Yeah, there's time of the dog man, here, five o'clock, everybody's walking back. It's okay, sorry. Yeah. It's going to keep going for a while, man. So... <laughs> That's, that, that's okay. Yeah, no, how? I know. How it's a Zoom call or a podcast without a dog barking? It's not a oh. Zoom call. It's true. Podcast, yeah. We already had a cat cameo. Yeah. <laughs> and the cat came back the very next day. Yeah, no, but I, I think it's that. No, at, at the end, I think we have to address the root cause of all these issues, and I think it's colonialism and the war on drugs. That it's another way of colonialism. Now, at the end, the war on drugs comes after the war on communism. And now it's a war against terrorism. No, so if you have a left wing, I don't know, guerrilla in Colombia, for example, they're communists, they're drug traffickers, and they're terrorists. No, so you put all these labels just to criminalize and disappear them. Yeah, um, my my partner studies uh, Cold War history, um, and uh, that, that's her her um, area. We were talking about the the Zapatistas. Um, because the, Zapata the Zapatista like revolution is like now far enough back in time that historians are like we can study it, <laughs> um, uh, and, and in that it like one of the things that the Zapatistas did was be really explicit that they were not drug traffickers, right? Um, uh, like in order to uh, like avoid this, um, uh, you know, separately um, they all like. Um, like the Zapatista women's movement also banned alcohol. I was one of like the main um, uh, kind of drivers because there's a complicated history there. I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm not going to try and untangle it, but um, what her and I were talking about is how all of this um, cold war militarization just like got transferred um, to drug war um, militarization. Um I, I when I was at Ungas, I remember Eva Morales spoke in 2016, um, and uh, he was saying like Bolivia's like original constitutional and struggle laws were written in English, um, which just kind of shows you who wrote them. <laughs> uh, um, and yeah, I mean, we're still a settler colonial state too, and that that's worth keeping in mind um, as well. Um, uh, you know, I, I think like Canadians are more aware of that internally and less aware of it maybe abroad. Um, but yeah, and, and I, I mean, I, I wish I knew more um, about um, I've learned more about Mexico recently, but I haven't delved into um, South America um, and uh, coca in the 20th century. Um, because we still get coke, we still get cocaine from Colombia here, like yeah, medically. No, no, like, it's, 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 it, it could be it's medical, really useful medicine. Yeah. yeah. It's a good anesthetic. Yeah. No, definitely. I really definitely. had a good time with that. <laughs> like I ask, sometimes I ask my friends, you know, 
like what's the problem with spending the same amount of weed or on another drug like with the stigma that it's already uh like the stigma in drug users between other drug users you know what i mean like they are not really into you doing uh anything else than weed or lsd or mushrooms you know because it's are like the psychedelic drugs that are so cool and so chill and don't have any repercussions you know and that's that's why i believe that people are so like okay with that but with synthetic drugs or lab drugs they're not like quite comfortable with that which i understand kind of understand but at the same time it's like um when you put it in perspective like we are basically doing the same activities but we are choosing to enjoy it with something else so what's the problem with that uh it shouldn't be any problem you know <laughs> but yeah you know, between family or friends sometimes that situation comes up um, um and like now it's everyone's talking about cannabis and it's 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 cool you know it's it's about time <laughs> that we talk about cannabis but um well, there are a lot of things going on right now and cannabis is like the common one everyone is doing it right now it's like like drinking water you know um I'm not promoting anything and I'm not saying that everyone should do it because, you know, cannabis is not for everyone to, uh, I, sometimes I have, for example, anxiety because of smoking in a, in a wrong time. Like it's not really because of the cannabis itself, but it's, uh, about the set and setting and it's maybe not my best time to do so. And of course it's going to affect and everything that information, it's never up to the public. Uh, um, we, we don't like get people to, to get close about these concepts, which are really important to um, to create a safe space for for drug use, you know, um, we we never talk about that, um, but yeah, it's it's important. But yeah, um, what like I was uh, telling you guys, the setting setting is always something that affects uh, how we perceive and how we enjoy drugs, and it's something that uh, it's not on a discussion, and it's sometimes associated with the effects or with the causes of, of you know, as, um, of using drugs. Uh, like Ernesto was explaining, like the paranoid situation of buying paranoia or buying fear. Uh, it's not really about that. It's, it's a situation uh, like more complicated than that. And it's of course affecting like where the people is, you know, if they're outdoors in the middle of the street at 4 a.m., of course, they're gonna feel threatened because you never know what can happen. Um, I get to talk to homeless people that got beat up by the police and ended up like super far from the, where they live and nobody like responds for that violence, you know, nobody responsible for it and nobody's questioned about it either. So like that, that situation is something that we uh, experience like in, in Latin America, I believe that in, in the whole world, uh, I know that for example, African Asian communities, the situation it's really tough. Uh, um, I have no doubt about it, but uh, with my experience that it's only like in the place where I live, um, I really think that um, where you were asking Alex about how we could unite or work together or do something collectively about it. I don't know if it's too cliche, but <laughs> like um, the economic system that we are already working on with uh it's if, if it continues existing we are not gonna work on collective way you know because there's gonna be always um 
like a situation of power or a situation of um, land appropriation, there's always going to be a group, uh, like a, a power group that is going to take advantage of everything. As long as we keep the same uh, working, like, I don't know, the same capitalist thing that we have. And I know that it's too cliche because I, I think that the answer is not communism either. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not trying to like do both things in the same way. It's just that uh, there's always glances of, of, you know, power or privilege that get to oppress another group. And that situation, it's something that um, as we talk about it, for example, here in Costa Rica, with the license of cannabis and everything, maybe all the Canadian uh, businesses are not going to come here, but um, like it's not going to be experienced that harsh or that way. But it, of course, it's going to be shown that they, the Costa Rican population that were wealthy enough to produce are going to be the ones who will enjoy the benefits of cannabis, you know, for medical purposes and for and for like production purposes. And I'm not saying that it's okay. <laughs> I'm just saying that it's going to happen. Like it happens, for example, in, I don't know, in California with legalization of weed, people are still buying from the illegal market because it's cheaper. Uh, there's all, there's the illegal market there. It's not going to non-exist, you know? Um, and that's something that we should take into account. Like uh, there are a few things that we, kind of try to control which is basically an illusion to but um there are other things that are not in our power and at the same time i believe when i was reading a text about how we could unite central america because we're such a small region the text was trying to promote that i love that the conclusion was that it was not possible <laughs> because i really love that conclusion because it's so real it's like yeah <laughs> that guy is right and it's not yeah. possible uh, yeah. I guess like what I'm saying is like it's not even like about like uniting. It's like about like not stepping on toes. Like, like you'll you'll see this argument from like older drug policy activists like quite a bit, um, where the the discussion is like around we have to legalize drugs so that we can stop these organized criminals. Uh, you know, from you know getting this and like and that's such a com complicated. Um, you know, uh, kind of story, right? Um, I, I, I learned recently that, like, um, again, like, I, I'm learning more about Mexico. I'm working my way down the continent, okay? Um, uh, uh, um, but um, that um, the Mexican drug trade, like, like, poppy trade was not violent throughout most of the 20th century. Um it, 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 it wasn't until the night, until um, the U.S. Uh, uh, started, you know, forcing Mexico to actually deal with it. And like a lot of like, you know, like there was like, you know, bad, not great stuff going on. Like, you know, we don't have to sugarcoat, but like, um, like Chapo, like Guzman's like, gr like grandfather was like one of these like old timey wimey um you know drug traffickers when there was not very much violence and like you know the state would take its its um you know we're not we're gonna look the other way kind of um approach is if you give us some money and then they use it to, to pay for schools um and and do these kind of like state building activities like um you know like like escobar is like 
controversial like in some places in Colombia because he gave a lot of money oh, I mean it was incredibly violent like you know but you know like there is this kind of um uh you know like a lot of this like escalation is like I mean it's really the U.S. but it, you know like Canada's involved too um uh and I it's not something I I feel like guilty for but it's it's also just like I um I want to I'm I'm struggling to think of how to do this from an international perspective because there's such um we have such a national focus a lot of the times. And, right. and, and not just about drug policy, but just about like, you know, rights. Uh, mm-hmm. uh and, and so it's not like as much about how do we, you know, like because I, I can't do anything in Mexico or in Colombia or, or in Costa Rica, right? But I, I I can try my best to to in my own country to fuck you over at least less or like or try to resist those kind of things um yeah. right i mean like like when we i initially pitched you guys this episode i like had to walk myself back right um because i was like why am i dictating to you guys what we're going to talk about um uh right but and that was like the initial kind of um it was my initial intuition right um to be like i really want to talk about this um and we i'm happy that I did and that we did and that you know we're having something different but i i i just like i i'm I'm just shooting the shit i'm just like do you have any ideas how to do this because i'm really fucking lost (laughs) um well yeah i believe that um what you just said is pretty accurate because um for example you kind of blame yourself of what is happening in canada you are an informed citizen who is trying its best to not promote uh what the wrong things are going i don't know how if i explain myself with that but um it it is something really important and you know we we don't have control of of many things um for example i don't know when when talking about the the economic well, well the i'm sorry the climate change and some things about that you know there's a small actions that you can do but they're the responsibles are not the social society i don't know how to say that it's um, the responsible, for example, it could be the the, the industries or the um, the factories and everything that you have no control or power within, you know, even though you live there. And it's something that I think that it's a really um, good thing that we can do. And I know that it sounds, of course, like super cliche too, but at the same time, I believe that it's important to, with the, with the options that you have, um, to like i don't know how to say this but um with the resources that you have and with the privilege that you have because you came to live there or someone came to live in the u.s and i don't know because it's you know it it just just happens uh the fact that you just live there uh what you are doing right now is is what you and other drug activists should be doing if they are interested on uh, focusing on the Latin American issues, you know, like amplifying the voices, the voices of the people who know and the people who experience from their own bodies, from their own, um, you know, like daily experiences. I don't know how it is to be a drug activist here, and uh, not like what you just said, uh, and not giving us like the information that we have to provide you, like not in that method, because it's such a capitalist method of interact with someone. You know, it's like give me something that I want, and that's it. Um, 
And that's how things are have been going. And I think that if we want to change something about that, one of the things that we can do is to try to arrange that um, that method of of changing and exchanging information, you know, and trying to to build something up together. Uh, at the end of the day, it's not about my paperwork or it's not about your phase of activism. It's about uh, a common thing that we want to achieve. Um, uh, keep up that north. It's something that we we should take into our, you know. Yeah, I want to be clear. I don't blame myself. Um, I, 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 I just want to. I, I I just want to um, like like make sure that I'm actually thinking about it. Those, those are different things. Like I, I, I don't feel responsible. I didn't make the drug war. <laughs> I know uh, it was an example, you know, because sometimes the, the discussion ends up that way. It's like, I'm responsible for this. And it's like, it's, you are not like, I know that you are, didn't say that, but it's something, some discussions that in the activist movement, it, we have talked about that. And it's a I mean, perspective. I think responsible. <laughs> She's American. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I have more responsibility in this than others. No, I, I wanted to say. I, I wanted to say because because Maria Alba said really well. It's it's privilege, and I think it's global north privilege. You now, as we have heard about the Black Lives Matter movement, it's pretty similar. And I'm, I'm sure you're not responsible, not Claire or Alex, about the drug war and the whole colonialism or slavery. No, but you are responsible to change it, you know, and to reflect and to discuss and to show your peers and people in your country that it, it's not working you now and, and it has to change. And the way to pressure these big companies, as Maria Alba said, for example, talking about climate change, is to have a lot of people pressuring them to stop using, I don't know, um, fuels or um started recycling anything you now the same with the with the drug war you know start discussing and, and saying uh, like uh, uh, they're really bad people now why do we make such a big fuss about drug traffickers about the chapel no about all this stuff man why why, why is it like that now why do we like it so much no and it's because about geopolitics at the end it works on the u.s agenda mainly you know to keep control global control and, and global north control the same as the cold war it's the same thing now they just changed the wording and it's the same thing now now the the enemies are china or russia or whatever no but we just explain the same that the bad guys are the drug traffickers so we need to land um i don't know this big ships destroyers or whatever shit to fight the drug traffickers no? and that's why we're here here now the the u.s navy no, all these ships coming into our ports, warships, you know, and said, and you're fighting fishermen that carries, I don't know, 200 kilos of cocaine with that ship? Is that true? Yeah. And everybody said, yeah, no, drug traffic is so bad. No, we need to fight it with all. And I said, well, the thing is not happening. No, I, I, I have an experience, I remember, with police officers. We were talking about, they were talking about homicide, no, and said, more police officers more homicide so we need to increase more police officers to lower homicide and i said man this is not working like that no how can you figure that out but they do and with <laughs> drug issues i think it's so much stigma and so much disinformation that people just come up with that shit and and we have to believe it uh, so how can we change that i think you have a big responsibility you guys have a big responsibility to shift that no don't feel that you're responsible for what has happened definitely we're not responsible for what's happening, but we do 
have the responsibility to change it. And I think doing this podcast, it's a big moving forward. You know, I'm, I'm congratulations and much appreciate that you're doing this stuff and doing it this way. As Marialba said, I think asking us what we want to talk about and having all this, as we're talking right now, but we have had many meetings before and talks so we can have this come up together and have a more open discussion. So um, I appreciate it really, really much. Yeah. Um, okay. Because um, we'll, we'll talk about this when we do each of your individual episodes. So maybe just because we, we've been talking for so long, um, like if there's like, like, like your drug future, like, like it, what, you know, what does it look like? What is it? Like just in your country, like don't like, forget like like uh, like you know like forget the um like you know like like in previous episodes like you know um Sheila Vicaria from Drug Policy Alliance talked about the like the future of treatment right and like what a, a non-coercive form of treatment could look like um you know um Garth you know talked about like you know the um, that we kind of live in an apocalyptic future and the future is also um, here, but really safe supply was kind of the, 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 the push. Like what's the, um, what's like the uh, imagined kind of future for you guys? Mm. Well, it's kind of hard to, to, you know, to perceive the future around this because I don't see much change, but I can like tell you that um, what I can feel like upcoming is that um, people, young people who use drugs and people who use drugs in general are gonna try to get closer to what we understand of, of harm reduction and alternative harm reduction programs that uh, LAMPUL, ACE, the LPSD, and all of all other organizations like UDRES, et cetera, try to promote uh, all over the region. I believe that people are going to start like taking a deeper look at that because uh, I think that we are starting to see that the solution is not uh, like prohibition or abstinence, you know. Uh, we are trying to, to look farther from that. So I believe that maybe the future could hold uh, a more um, like clear perspective of what harm reduction is and how we can implement that in our daily lives. Because uh, when doing research uh, around drugs, uh, it's on, only in my little experience because I'm 25, you know, I don't, I have done a lot of research around that, but in the two or three paperwork that I've been working on, we see that um, yeah, people are are looking for information, um, specifically with the gender perspective. So uh, at least for women, that's something that I wanted to put on the table too, because when we talk about harm induction, sometimes um, it's very general what we what we received, and there are a few information that we wanted more specifically about what is happening with with, for example, trans bodies. What is happening with uh, we women um i don't know i forgot the the like the letters that came up with the acronym but it's like uh women who were like uh women at birth or something like that uh no, but uh, yeah assigned female at, birth. female at birth yeah yeah yeah, yeah, I just, <laughs> <women>. <laughs> yeah. 
of course. Or, or uh, not yeah. so sanitary, my brain. Or I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut, cut myself saying, screw that up. Also, really hard. You know, it's a difficult situation. If you don't include all the letters, someone is gonna say, like, you know, you're not doing it right. So, uh, it's I a, mean, it's a topic. I'm not, I'm non-binary, but I'm not hormones or anything like that. But there's just there's so little um, on um, uh, HRT and uh, um, and like substance use. I mean, like you know, like a lot of the stuff is substance use, the secondary sex characteristics are, and so is HRT. So you know, but who knows, right? Like I, I, I love about anthropology is like you, you just learn that everything's so fucking weird. <laughs> in a good way it is like in a beautiful way <laughs> yeah and, um, bodies are weird everybody is different yeah that's the point but yeah uh there are a lot of for example trans um uh like projects here in costa rica like trans vida for example which they are constantly helping and providing trans women and trans communities all over uh Costa Rica, especially like the the GAM, I don't know how to translate that, Ernesto, but it's like the capital and like the main cities of Costa Rica. Um, but uh, I would love because the most of the harm reduction topics that we have, it's of course about or around sexuality and everything, and providing, for example, safe kids for condoms, etc. But we have to to give them a little more information around other topics, you know. And of course, drug use is it's one of them. So. I would love to see that in the future. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree with Marialba. I think um, harm reduction has started to be spoken and institution has started to, to talk about harm reduction, but it has also gone a weird way, you know, because at the end you have these shelters where they ask you or comply you to be abstinent and they force you to stay there and if you leave you don't get any anything no and they say there's harm reduction like shit man no everything is harm reduction man so how we can push forward a really harm reduction perspective and i think marialba will have to do it ourselves you know that well we're doing it ourselves now i'm like have a wish one day to have i don't know a mobile unit going in the center of the city and giving out crack pipes and condoms and stuff like that or uh, i don't know drop-in center because there's there's nothing. No, I, I work with a lot of, of, of institutions or NGOs that have shelters for homeless people. But when I tell them, man, what about giving out crack pipes? I think we could get some funding to do. No, no, no. We we're talking about the people and not the drug. And then okay, the crack pipes are for their mouths and their teeth <laughs> and their tongues, not for the crack itself. No, no, we're talking about people. So definitely no, definitely no. So uh, I would go full. I, I don't know talking about the future and like really something weird as, as the question went i think something that some some drug some way to 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 remember how our uh, ancestors used to use drugs now i think one of the 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 best ways to re improve harm reduction also in the speeches is um, why are you doing that what's your intention what's your sect now in all our ancestors, you know, every place in the world, including Canada and the United States, had a sect on why you were using substance. I think there's something we lost. You know? And the capitalism goes further and you don't have to even try to understand why you're doing that. You know? Just use the substance and lust yourself and consume and consume and consume. So how we can understand that. 
Ah, it, it does. <laughs> no, it does too. I mean, if that's your intention. That's your, that's your yeah. set. I think also this your set just to blow away and forget. Go ahead, man. No, but understand that it's well, what can comes out of that. No, but also to realize why our I don't know the indigenous people population, Aborigines. You no, know, first, how do you call it in Canada? First Nations? There's three groups. There's First Nations, uh, the Inuit. Right. Or, sorry, Inuit, no, no, no the. And, and Métis. Right. Uh, yeah. No, no. And I, I love how you Canadians also always talking about the importance of the land where you uh, where you stay, and even though there was a genocide. We, hour in we do young. nothing about it. <laughs> no, but at least you recognize it. Man. Here, here oh. can, when, when there was a festival, last time we had the Bamboo Festival here, I remember Monroe asking, okay, what's what's the land there? I don't have a fucking idea. And the town is called Garavito, and he was one of the chief indigenous leaders. So just call it the town of Garavito, and he was Huetara. But there's something that we don't even talk about that here. No, we have indigenous population, eight groups. No, I teach anthropology in university, and I ask my students, you name the eight indigenous groups of Costa Rica, and most of the people don't even know them. Uh, so how we can go back not only about the drug use, but about their identities and tradition and how they reflect now. And, and also, I think, deals with we talked first about decolonization and trying to understand how the Western and global North culture has really affected us in many, many things, not only drugs. You know? um, well, on Claire, do you have anything to add? Sorry. I don't think yeah. so. This has All been right. fantastic, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we've got one last part. Um, would, would you, you do, do this drug? drug? <laughs> okay. So um, the way it works is I've uh, we've had people on Twitter send us in um, a bunch of different sci-fi drugs, um, and uh, uh, it's pretty straightforward. I'll tell you what the drug is, um, and uh, you could say, "Would you do this drug?" You can even add anything to it if you want. Um, why or why not um you know i get like you know these are fake drugs so if, you know you care about employment like you know employers like this <laughs> these aren't real um they're just sci-fi in this world drugs are legal and you don't care about it so there we go okay um so uh the first one um it's a classic uh, is a classic um it is uh soma from brave new worlds um a gram quote unquote a gram is better than a dam <laughs> uh makes you feel jolly happy sedated um it kind of seems to have some brainwashing effect it's very pacifying but you know like sometimes it's, you know like what what you're kind of looking for um you don't like we're not going to discriminate here you don't have to be an alpha or a bear gamma or delta like we like that it's all fine there's no malthusian belts involved uh, uh, yeah, would you do this drug? What do you think, Ernesto? Yeah, I would definitely do that drug. Yeah. I'll think about the setting, you no, know, on the set for sure. So it yeah. doesn't brainwash me that much, you no, know, and just give me mellow and just follow orders. But uh, definitely, <laughs> yeah. All right, so we have a vote for us, Mariaba. What do you think? Um, yeah, I would definitely do it. Uh, I believe that, well, I have two scenarios, like living in brave new world, I, of course I will do it because, you know, I would be so brainwashed that I have to, to do. do it. Yeah. Yeah. 
for our yes. daily basis. Everyone's you know? doing it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, Soma is one of the most ancient drugs ever documented in human history. So if I had the chance to, uh, and, never, and nobody actually uh, currently knows what it is exactly, you know, there are theories around what Soma could be in the past, but there is no real evidence, of, uh, current evidence about what it was. Some, some of them said it was cannabis, some of them said it was ayahuasca, but it, there's no uh, really like a conclusion about what Soma was, but it was uh, used in Asian Indian uh, like communities uh, very, very a long time ago. And if I had the chance to see what, what, <laughs> what was it, I would definitely have some Soma, of course. Yeah, actually, was like a huge name dropping nerd, and so like yeah, he, he pulled the 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 name from uh, the the Rig Veda. Um, it's, uh, I, all of these like ancient history drugs, like you know, we're doing sci-fi stuff right now. But like the Elysian mysteries always sounded really interesting to me. Like I'd party with Aristotle, hell yeah, <laughs> for sure. Even there Socrates Symposium, yeah. <laughs> there, there were some huge parties in ancient Greece, man. Big orgies. Yeah. And stuff. Oh yeah. It's really important. Yeah. yeah. Sure. That's like the like uh, they're all for like Dionysus, right? Who's like the the, the queerest god uh, to mm -hmm. like wine and madness. I feel like they'd be uh, all so ashamed of how square we are now. <laughs> yes. No, because they had a good setting. No, a good yeah. set. We're partying. Yeah, they're all aristocrats. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, you yeah. just have slaves you own property you're over 25 <laughs> if you have no worries in the world i guess except for slave uprisings perhaps but you know you take what you can get um, you want to do the next one claire yeah all right so vert feathers are a type of drug that transfer to their users no i'm sorry they're a type of drug that transfer their users into a shared dream state or possibly a virtual reality known as the vert world. Vert feathers are colored to designate their type, though some exist that consist of combinations of colors. So the slogan is suck on a feather and travel together. So you can this can be a very collective and communal experience. I, I, I feel like they should go in verts of a feather flock together. I like that. Flock See, you have like another career in marketing now. <laughs> so the the pharmaceuticals. <laughs> <laughs> if it all doesn't work out, Alex. Um, okay, so the different colors have different meanings. So uh, blue is apparently kind of like experiencing a TV show or a video game. Pink is for porn. And blacks, you say black sounds like Datura, not really fun. Do you want to elaborate on that? I'm not sure what you mean there. Uh, it just said that it was like this bad like dissociative like bad time oh movie okay. could have stayed it was like a, it sounds uh. like Ventura. it was Ew, like notably okay. the only like like not fun drug that people sometimes still do for some reason <laughs> yeah no dissociating in a horror movie sounds like a very bad time yeah, all right so safe feather supply <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, because it, it had mixtures of feathers, right? So that's why we need a safe feather supply. Yeah, no, I completely... The, the blue and pink. Yeah. <laughs> Essential with the pink feathers. <laughs> yes. See, set setting. All right. Uh, Go forth, Alex. No, no, no. Would you guys do this drug? Ernesto, do you think you would do this drug? Yeah, I think so. No, I'm keen to try anything. I just... <laughs> 
It See sounds how, interesting. Yeah. Blue, green, black, just all. It first sounded, when you're talking about like feathers and birds, it, it reminded me of, of Carlos Castaneda, no? And, and the teachings of Don Juan. Uh, so have you become a bird and start flying, but then it became the color of the feather and the shirt. So it just shifted yeah. a little you bit. Just the that. The, yeah, let's go for it. <laughs> <laughs> totally made up, but. What do you think, Mariela? Um, no, I would think I'll pass this one just okay. because like, if it works, like, as you guys said, like if I have the blue one, then I'll go to a TV show or a video game. Like if I can specifically choose which TV, a series or which video game, that would be dope. But if I cannot choose and it's going to come up to my memory, like, I don't know if I'm going to go to Resident Evil or if I'm going to go to an episode of, uh, that 70s show. So good like, point. I'm, Oh, like I'm not, I'm not in for that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I would definitely take care of Ernest if he wanted to take some to see if everything goes fine. <laughs> Wait, so need a good sitter. Yeah, I would say, Ernest, I have a trip sitter for whenever this, if this ever comes to fruition. <laughs> Alex, on this last one here, when I first saw it, I thought it said tretinoin. I was like, I would do that draw. <laughs> Yeah, it's like so, retin-A for, for like anti-aging on your skin. I was like, this is kind of not exciting. <laughs> I, I've been re-watching uh, Stargate SG-1, which is like my, my dad passed away. And, and this is like, what was our show? He's the one who made me into a nerd. And like, so I've been <laughs> taking notes as I go, like whenever a drug pops up. Uh, and so this one's called Tritonin. Um, and it's uh, made, uh, it, basically what it does is that like you are free of disease, it extends your lifespan. Um, the only thing is um, it also suppresses your immune system. So you have to take it daily. Um, it's um, unlike cocaine, it's not vegan. Uh, <laughs> um, so it's, it's made um, from uh, these um, creatures known as uh, symbiotes in the show. Um, and the, it, in Stargate SG-1, like the, the symbiotes are these parasites that go inside of humans and then just take over their body and they have enslaved humans for thousands of years. Um, you know, like, like I, I, don't, I don't feel, I wouldn't feel super bad about it, but, you know, like just farming them to be made into this health syrup. They have to take daily, like, uh, like, I don't know. What do you guys think? Would you do this drug? I don't know. I don't think it's so. just like a, a drink. It's not like that. You don't eat the. You know, it's not the symbiote itself you're eating. Okay. It just sounds like a pharmaceutical drug, like that I have to take because I'm ill, <laughs> not because I'm not ill. It's so weird. <laughs> like no, I'm not gonna. Well, it's like it. you don't you don't get sick ever, but if you stop taking it, your immune system doesn't start working again. Yeah, so exactly. Like you have to take it. Ill, you know. Yeah. No. Uh -huh. No I'm acting like I'm ill because I'm taking a pill every day. Like, I, if I don't do it, I will die. <laughs> I, don't yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think it's my, my drug of preference, you know. But <laughs> No, and I, and I feel sorry for the symbiotes, you know. I don't know if even they have slaved humankind for <laughs> centuries. Or, okay, they're still living creatures, you know. They might have feelings and stuff, and they might feel hurt to take out all the stuffs just for us to that is beautiful. Yeah. so the plot twist of this episode of stargate is that there's another group of these creatures because they, they pass uh, they have like genetic memory so like they you, the 
the queen like passes that information along to the, the next generation. And there's like a secondary faction called the Tokra who are like against Ra, who is like, they also take like the, the ghoul like take God like, like images because they've got dope ass technology and like, it looks like they're, you know, almighty and powerful. Um, but the Tokra are actually like, against them and like are trying to like liberate everyone and in this episode of stargate it just so happens that these you know humans have been you know grinding up these symbiotes of the the queen that is like actually the good one and no one knows um it gets really awkward um so yeah you never you never know what's in your tritonin (laughs) (laughs) yeah well i'll pass that (laughs) space drugs are not for everyone it's true it sounds like an alien movie you know what you just said it's just described (laughs) and i was like yeah no i don't want a creature living inside me and then killing everyone it's not alive it's dead it's dead (laughs) it's more ethical (laughs) it's more ethical than um the people that lick um five (laughs) mmo toads um, that's an interesting kind of scale to lay out well, there. Like the, the toad is alive still, like you right? Still that toad, like whereas, like, like, like you know, we eat cow- like I, I'm not a vegetarian, like I eat foods, like, like it was, you know, like I feel like the frog thing's a little more evil. I'm sorry to all. The, I don't think Ray may psych it out. People listen to this podcast, so that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> If if you start getting hate emails from someone that's really into frog looking, you have to share me. Like, one, let me see them. On Twitter, once said to me, "Have you ever asked the toad?" All right. That's like the response, and I was like, "I mean, like, have you?" I mean, like, I just like I. There's no reason to murder. We can make five meo DMT. Yeah. Yeah. No toad licking required. And also they're white hippies. I don't think they talk to the toad either. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. No. Nerf the toad talked back. Get very spiritual. What if, yeah, what, <laughs> what if what if toads could talk back? Ooh. <laughs> they don't lick me. We can get into a whole episode me, of this hypothetical. <laughs> Would you lick that toad? <laughs> <laughs> Just say no. Say no okay. to the toad. That Any sounds last like a episode. Y'all were so fun to talk to. Yeah. Just complete truth to that. I'm looking forward to talking to y'all again. Thank you for listening to the Drug Futurisms podcast. More information and resources for this episode are available in the show notes. If you want to help us imagine a different future, you could support us at patreon.com slash drugfuturisms. Give us a good rating on iTunes or share this podcast with a friend. Drug Futurisms is produced and hosted by Claire Zagorski and Alex Betzos. Our editor is Marcel Rambo. Our cover artist is Brooke Payne. And our original music was produced by Jake Goodison. Until next time, remember, another drug world is possible.